What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for reboots, remakes, adaptations, and sequels. <clears throat> as always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week, we are back in the DCEU, their pioneer movies since the pandemic, their first one since Birds of Prey, their sort of sequel the aliens to their alien of suicide squad james gunn's 2021's the suicide squad really important that we get that t-h-e in there for that article isn't there is a completely different thing uh you know i'd rather say the suicide squad than have to just be like you know suicide squad 2021 for the rest of my <laughs> life uh but as i've always said we got to get our naming conventions subtitles numbers let's pick a lane let's put a colon on this thing we had a lot of confusion on the lead up is it its own place we know they're talking about multiverses are we in the dceu are we a sequel did these events happen i think it's clear that they did we're in this world we have enough actors returning we just sort of aren't talking about anything else yeah it's like there's enough actors returning and there's enough they they recognize each other that the ones that were there before recognize each other. They're like, oh, this is a sequel. It's just, we will never talk about anything that happened in that movie. So what did you think, Terrence? <laughs> oh, wow. So I went in very, one, I hated the first David Ayer's Suicide Squad, I hated it. And these trailers that came out for this movie were not doing it for me. I was like, ah, I don't, uh, this isn't for me. It was very, very clear that he was doing a Guardians of the Galaxy repeat. And I was like, I don't think I want that necessarily with this. And then getting the movie, there's some of that there, but what I really love is that this was just a bizarre, weird, just violent, unapologetic. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do with these characters. None of these folks really mean that much, so I can do whatever I want to with them. Uh, and what was crazy is that it felt nuts and bizarre and insane, but it also had some crazy good character moments. Like there's a lot of heart in this movie. And two of my favorite scenes uh that harley has ever been a part of are in this movie which is just bizarre because she's a, basically a tier uh tier three character in, in this film um but this is really really well done it's arguably one of my favorite dc films ever but it's definitely my favorite dceu film of the current of the current run of stuff uh i enjoyed this thoroughly from top i've watched it twice once in theater once at home and uh it did not get old to me yet no, I agree. I think this was a, you know, it's interesting because I, I feel bad that this has to keep getting connected to David Ayer's movie. And I feel bad that so much of the narrative is look at this better product and that clearly David Ayer's movie got taken away from him. Right. I was like, that. Cut. yeah, a, a, a movie trailer company came in and movie trailered it up. Warner Brothers did what they do. Uh, I counted the last time I watched it, which was this week. There's like 10 songs in the first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not great. They're, they're easily, if you see the original trailer for the first, uh, Suicide Squad, they're easily about 20 minutes, 25 minutes of footage just, just ripped out of that movie. It's strange, but I don't dislike it as much as everybody else does. Upon rewatching it, I was like, you know, the problem is, is that it's just kind of generic. It's just sort of a regular action movie. It doesn't feel eventized. It doesn't feel part of a bigger world. It, I, Will Smith's kind of back in form in an action context a little bit. I liked that. So I, I don't like that so many like tweets and articles I see are just like, ew, the to big first one, up. one. Yeah, to big one up, we are actively trashing on the other one. 
Yeah, like I, we can we can talk about these two movies without kicking one down, especially <laughs> when we know how this stu- we just did this with Zack Snyder's Justice League for half a decade. And this is like, definitely the same era where they were basically watching everything that was happening and, and, and pulling these films away from the actual auteur. Now, that being said, I did like this one more, despite some small like, well, you know, we we kind of did this in David Ayers. We've got another uh, hitman character who can shoot anything, who's doing it for his daughter. That that agency is the same. And I was like, well, we can we couldn't just find like anything else for him yeah. to do. And it, it doesn't um, help that it's like the, the black lead and the black lead both have their daughters that they're doing it's like this just feels very old hat but yes it feels like they want to just straight up remake the movie but at the same time weren't upset about the first one like it's so strange <laughs> like, I'm like that was the part of that first one we liked so bring that back just get another black dude to do it and we'll, we'll be fine yeah i thought that was odd so that kind of made me be like yeah i've been here before but i really appreciated that we just kicked off this movie by doing the suicide squad everyone gets slaughtered we have a whole team that gets shredded that was a great fun way to start a movie i can't think of anything else that really kicks it off that way mm-hmm. and you sort of slip in like one big character death amongst these other like scattered characters like someone who i think we thought was going to be around for a while but Correct. clearly is not going to be unless we just start jumping continuity around uh, speaking of jumping in continuity around, I liked that we kind of kept doing these eight minutes before. Here's the other team, get caught up. But and sometimes just, it was a bit much for me. It, Every it now that I was like, let's just get on the train. Yeah, I mean, it happened quite a bit, and I like the, I like, I'm I'm a weird person for some of the camera styles and camera shots. The way that they introduced stuff was cool to me. How like. The, the leaves would say now like, and all that stuff. I was like, oh, I dig this. Uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for that kind of Tarantino yeah. chapters, but with a little more uh, flavor to it. Yeah, it worked for me. Uh, yeah, I, I liked that. I really dug, speaking of Tarantino, some of this like 80s, 70s grungy action we got. A lot of uh, with Starro, who we'll talk about more in a minute, but some real like almost Cronenberg horror, these body horror moments. He gets, he gets into his slither bag on this one because oh. there's some crazy body horror stuff that Which is, comes out of nowhere sometimes. Like, this is a cool-ass action sequence and we're going to button it up with a violent just decapitation. I'm like, whoa, shit. It Thank was you. great because we yeah. also watched Birds of Prey again, which is still my favorite DCEU movie, but... It's an R-rated movie that feels like it could have been PG-13 if we didn't blow up Ewan McGregor. This Correct. is an R-rated this movie that is R-rated. Yeah, I it mean, earns like, its R, yeah. And I was like, I love that. These experiments we're doing, the, the violence, the thematic stuff you get from that really gives you, I think, a sense of how evil, not Starro necessarily is, but like what people will do with that weapon. And I thought yeah. that was an interesting way to go about a kaiju story that we have seen a lot mm-hmm. and i think that's something james gunn did really well in this movie he kept taking things that we've sort of done that he's done before especially in the guardians movies and especially in slither and kept infusing it with different sort of things we've kind of done the team of no people who don't have friends now they all come together and they're buddies at the end yeah 
And we're sort of doing that again, but we, we change it up a little bit, I think, by having a lot more remorse in some of the actions and not really knowing where they go at the end. I think, you know, Guardians has their something good, something bad. Yeah. Kind of get the sense that these characters are just going to go their separate ways. At the right. End of this. Like, like they might care about each other. They know each other, but they're not going to, these folks aren't going to really hang out with each other. They're going to go do their, like Harley's going to go be Harley somewhere. Uh, and you don't really expect them to hang out. Ratcatcher too might hang around with, to find out more about, uh, bloodshot just because of the, the relationship that they have but yeah you're right these characters are not going to be a unit after this which at first i think was the thing that was missing to me like the movie ended and i was like there's some catharsis i'm not getting and i was like oh i think it's a sense of of like what's next for them and the answer is like probably nothing probably not, not like, for this team because the suicide squad trains every single time that they're their own script like their own comics or screen. yeah so yeah because what this movie establishes that amanda waller's task force x is just anybody in bell reeve and she'll just right. pick them for a mission and, and say you know the drill yeah. so it's not like they're going to become like the suicide squad and hang out everywhere uh so it, it is kind of a strange like well now where do these people go we don't really have a lot of dceu continuity we do have an hbo max show coming for peacemaker but i thought that was kind of cool you know we see the music stuff again he's done this now twice in guardians we're doing it again here and we did it in the first suicide squad yeah. but this one pretty... felt a little bit more earned there weren't it wasn't as aggressive needle drops as, as the first one was well and it also wasn't two minutes of a song it wasn't 30 seconds of mm and then 30 seconds of ccr and then 30 seconds of somebody else <laughs> we just are playing shuffle all the time yeah this... no they they played music the way i did in high school when i was bored and i just kept hitting next for something <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. so that was good the songs kind of matched up the sequences better Harley Quinn's big solo scene which did feel very much like Yandu's arrow scene like I think those are the moments where I'm like I really like James Gunn as a director and I think now I want to see him go do something not Guardians and not Suicide comic Squad. yeah not like this yeah like because there's a lot of stuff there are like quite a few moments in here I'm like you know what I want to see you do other there's the shot of when uh it gives away a twist, so I won't say goodbye. But there's a shot where he uses the, the uh, person's helmet to show a fight, and he's showing the fight through the helmet. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking genius. That's great. I, I had never this. seen anyone do yeah. that before. So, like, moments like that, everything we did with Polka Dot Man was incredible. Those yeah. are the things where I'm like, I really want to see him kind of get back to like slither and super now. yeah yeah he's clearly having fun and using a lot of the aces in his hole i just want him to use them towards something that is not the exact same old hat that he's he's sort of become accustomed to but who knows i mean these studios seem to like to find a guy who gets the job done you and do it just gonna, keep, just keep, keep cranking this out <laughs> I thought that was good. I thought we did do these new characters were very well adapted. I really liked Bloodsports. Um, I liked the stuff we did with Amanda Waller and her staff. I love the Amanda Waller staff stuff. Like Amanda Waller is the big bad. And that's why you sort of do the cold open of her just wiping out and, and having a plan and seeing how aggressive she is. Because you need to, as an audience, you need to believe that she will push the button for her to be able to threaten to push the button later. So when she actually does it at the beginning, like, oh, that makes sense. But I love the little... It reminded me of Cabin in the Woods where the team is sort of watching the team, watching everybody yeah. sort of puppet and do that They're stuff. placing bets. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> they gave everybody like a little personality in there. Even that team got an arc of like everyone kind of sees. That was the other impressive thing about this movie. We kept seeing how like evil things could be. 
Right. And there are levels to the evilness. Like people are like, oh, that's bad, but I'm not willing to get that bad. And so we need to kind of, <laughs> we need to level that off. Well, and, it and, seems and like their lying keeps being uh, killing kids. Cause right. we have Idris Elba addressing it with Peacemaker. At least I don't kill kids. Yeah. <clears throat> that's Harley's entire thing. in one of her big moments, mm-hmm. uh, it comes down to even the staff is like all of those kids where they're talking about Starro, that seems to keep being, the difference uh, between like these people are bad, but we can right. redeem them. But there is this a, is worse. Correct. Which I think you kind of need whenever you set up a villain arc. There has to be a code. Otherwise, you're like, well, then how can I relate to this person in any way? Because right. there is no stoppage of what they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we watch them all murder people. <laughs> uh, but you know, we also do that with Deadpool and anti-heroes, and we the moral compass of what an audience will be like, I like them. You know, we're watching both Harley and Loki go through these massive redemption arcs where I think a couple years ago, both of those characters would have been unforgivable in comics, video games, movies, or anywhere else. They would have been some Correct. of the worst of the worst. And now we're like, but they're nice. Yeah, yeah. And she has one my favorite moment that I've seen Harley, like her action sequence is great. That's fantastic in itself, but it's the beat before that when she makes a, a sort of a turn and she has this whole relevant revelation about her and her relationship to men that i was just like oh that's heartbreaking it's- yeah it was interesting because we didn't really push her arc forward no but we learned more about her current position right because if you go back to the first suicide squad when she's still entranced by the joker then we see her in birds of prey become independent and self-reliant and i don't need any of this and i'm going to go be my own person and what does that mean and now we're kind of just seeing this like i'm taking the steps to not make these mistakes again right which is interesting because that's you know part of what we see on the internet a lot of like well if you have to be accountable and then you have to change the behavior yeah so now she's just a regular murderer i think that's why i was super happy because i i was a little afraid that her character being that she was being handled by two different directors in a relatively short amount of time that it would have felt like two completely different versions but this feels like the next step from whatever we got at the end of Birds of Prey. Right and I liked that I kind of wanted it to get more I felt like we did sort of give her this like B story that wasn't as important as anything else and I kind of I want Harley front and center, but that may wait for a lot of new great characters like Ratcatcher 2. I love her. Movie. I loved her. Everything about her was fantastic. Yeah. She has the best line. She's the heart of the whole She's team. the heartbeat. Yeah. Anytime she smiles, I melt. Uh, her interaction with King Shark when <laughs> she's like, he has kind eyes, and then switching it right back, like, you tried to eat me. It was, it's so great. Like, I love, she is fantastic. Kudos she, to the casting department for that one. She's one of the few characters that tries to really understand everybody. Yeah. Like she doesn't really just throw out anything. She tries to understand uh, King Shark's <clears throat> reasoning. Like you wouldn't eat your friends. What if we were friends? Then right. would you not do it? Why are you afraid of rats? And then even when all the rats are coming, she like puts a hand on blood she covers blood sport, which is so like, like, oh my God. It's yeah. like, those are like the little moments that elevate that character. Yeah. She's the only one who seems to be remorseful about Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who, even when like Amanda Waller comes in, she's like, oh, it's fine. You woke me up. Like she kind of just is kind to everyone that you almost don't believe she would be a villain. Right. Which is they're like, yeah, she just robbed a bank. She with just rats. robbed a bank, but she happened to have rats, which is a, uh, a weapon. 
<laughs> right, which they considered a weapon, and you get Taika yeah. Waititi's fun little cameo of why rats and yeah. finding your purpose and mad when she pulls it up and does the this isn't your city. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Um, the, the one character that I I just didn't connect with that much, not because he was bad in it. Peacemaker just didn't necessarily work for me. Um, some of the jokes are good. And I love the when they were going tit for tat on kills when Bloodsport and Peacemaker were going tit for tat. But I think some of it is because I could I could sort of telegraph where that was going. Um, and at the end of it, I never really believed he had a moral compass where I was like, oh, there is some good in him. I always felt like, no, Peacemaker's just batshit crazy. And there's yeah. nothing about him. Well, I think he is the one that is the villain of the team. And Correct. I think that kind of is sought after. And they're like, well, I think you're just using liberty to do whatever you want. And at least I don't justify kill kids. Your, yeah. He, yeah, he's almost like the next level of John Walker. He's almost yes. the next step yeah. of US agent where you kind of right. get the sense that like he can come back and be talked down and he will, Peacemaker's just insane. He's just nuts. And yeah. yeah, some of the jokes worked. Some of them were a little like, oh, okay. I guess some hit, like they gave a lot of the 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 low base toilet humor to him. And Insane is good at delivering comedy. Like, so it's not on him. It's just like some of this just doesn't fit into the world that we're sort of already putting out here. It just seems bizarre. Yeah, I liked him enough to be curious about the show, but I don't think they gave him a big enough arc for me to feel like he needs one. That's yeah, that's where I'm at. Like I liked him enough and found him interesting enough that I'm curious to push the button when HBO Max drops it. But it, yeah, he's the one character I'm like, I'd rather watch a show about Ratcatcher and King Shark and what they go to do on than than that than that guy. Yeah, well they he's the, probably the most two-dimensional because he's mm-hmm. his agency is just freedom and peace by any right. and all means necessary. I'm gonna be the one that gets the drive and kills whoever I need to kill. And when you just have that, you have to assume then that whatever this mission is going to be in the show, that it'll be something where it's like, well, we need somebody who will just like go get it done. Go do the, yeah, there is no. Somebody basic who's not going to question us. Right. Which either has to challenge that and build out the character more or just be like a fun eight episodes. Yeah. Or like, I'm just the one mission. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Cause yeah, he doesn't, there's no, nothing redemptive about him. He doesn't have any moments. He, you, you get the sense that he kind of feels bad. Like I do like the scene with Rick flag when he's like, Colonel, come on. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm doing this for a reason. Like, you know what I'm doing is if this gets out, it's going to be terrible. And like, you, you can also tell that he sort of admire, like he, he he says it in a way that he admires Rick Flag. Like you are a you are a U.S. patriot. I know who you are. Please don't make me do this because I have to. My code, my brain is fixed enough that I got. I'm on a one track mission. I gotta I gotta do this. Um, and it, it that part makes sense, and that does give him a little bit of humanity. Even the way he looks at a rat catcher when she sees, he's like, ah, oh, shit. Now I have to kill this kid, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I think you get the sense that he doesn't really want to do it, but he will. Right. And I I think those are the moments where you're supposed to be like, oh, there's someone underneath this. Mm -hmm. But he just never had a big like hero moment like everybody else did. Everyone else got these like, oh, there's good in them. And I, I didn't get that from Peacemaker. And I don't know that you're supposed to. 
But the same way that now Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like, you should care about John Walker. I'm like, I don't though. No, I like, don't. I don't. And they, they like I watched it again. There, there are moments they try to like when when Bloodsport uh, is going over his speech about how his father uh, used to trap him and like punish him. They do a shot of uh, of Peacemaker, and he kind of just does this like, hmm. like he relates. Like I, you and I, I've been through that exact same thing. Like I, what you're saying, I 100 have been through that too. So they try to like subtext it in there but some of the stuff because everybody else gets an overt side skipping shark because he can't speak but everybody else gets an overt sort of moment he doesn't and that's where it's like because of my brain as a person who's who's been in films and seen enough of these things where i sort of saw where peacemaker was going from the jump it would have been better had you kind of given us a, a heartfelt moment so we were like oh maybe i'm not as maybe i'm not on the right track yeah, and I think that's the one thing that's missing because everybody else, like King Shark is fun, but he is just like the big brute. Yeah. Uh, which I don't mind, but I like, I really like him in the Harley Quinn show. And so I think like, that's oh, where my brain is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Like it's funny Take and it's this good. One. Yeah. Uh, but like Polka Dot Man got such a great arc of, oh, my mom did all this to me to be a superhero. And it's the last thing he says. Or character that in the comics is, has always been a laughing joke. They actually made me give a damn about him. And which is impressive. Like that's. Well, you get back to that distorted body horror. He gets those dots and then they start to yeah. bulge and. This like he's an experimentation gone wrong and he doesn't yeah. like and the best joke of the movie is I see my mom everywhere. <laughs> That's the best reoccurring joke. We keep seeing these characters. Yeah. She's the kaiju for like a full minute and a half. <laughs> it's great. It's um that that scene really works because I mean the, the 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 beginning point of this movie, Waller says she's gonna make uh blood blood sport a leader. And in the end, he goes full Cap America and starts calling out people's jobs. And I was like, oh yeah, there he is. He's he's in full leader mode now. I, I dig it. This all came full circle. Yeah, they they gave him what I always say, every movie with the leader needs their Captain America moment to call it Cap. Like they, yeah. they gave him that. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm a sucker for when somebody just gets that, <laughs> that time to call all the shots and everyone yeah. just does it. I love it. We had more great cover your face moments. Everyone has to get on the mask. It's so cute though, because like I, King Shark covering is just like, you don't need to, sir. <laughs> it's just a, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I liked seeing how everybody did it. Harley just getting down, Polka Dot Man just covering up, yeah. Ratcatcher having the mask, and Bloodshot just popping off. Just shooting. His, by the way, his suit is. Phenomenal. His suit, his guns, that whole yeah. like Lego building it out stuff. He was just clicked the, I was like, yeah. That was, <laughs> was some great. of the coolest shit that they never had to explain. And I just yeah. was like, I love this. Yeah. I love that we're not going over what his suit does. Don't need to. He does it. We just get it. it. He's got all these pieces and they make stuff. Great. Yeah. When he's out of it, it's fantastic. Yeah. The movie handles all of that well. And yeah, but yeah, Blood Sports arc, Rat Catcher's stuff. Like we got all the all the characters, but then there's Starro, who is another. I mean, we're here. It's I feel really... like a friend of ours after the movie was like, "Can you believe it? We did Starro," and I was like, "I can," because we've been doing these movies since like 1998. Yeah, uh, and we've been doing them pretty well since like 2002. Right. 
So I'm no longer surprised when the big weird character who was super popular to some people gets the spotlight. Yeah. I know there's nothing left. You can't shock that me shocks anymore. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Low, like we made WandaVision. You know what I mean? Like whatever we're like, oh man. I'm like, oh, well, you know, we did a Dick Van Dyke pilot with a <laughs> robot and a witch. <laughs> I think <laughs> my my shock level went out with James's first one. When when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was like, all right, cool. All bets are off. They can do whatever the hell they want to do now at this point. Yeah. I'm now just like, yeah, cool. If anything, I'm like, you guys should be doing more. <laughs> right audiences will accept it just we keep are going in. yeah <laughs> uh i i love starro i'm a, i'm a sucker for that kind of villain for that kind of story that's like we really are just torturing it like there's it could have just existed and yeah. nothing would have been bad and you know in the in the comics starro does go through this hive mind character to sometimes just being a big bad beast but right. i preferred the hive mind i, I dug it because it while he is technically and physically the villain, he's not. Amanda still is, and Marshall Peacemaker and those folks are. The yeah, government is the, the villain, but like he is as much um, the victim as as the, the Suicide Squad team is, which is, which is a cool layer to, to sort of put on there. Like, yes, these guys are fearing and running for their dear life, and yes, you get the colorful Suicide Squad versus Star Wars Starro uh, font tag, but at the end of it, it's really like. Starro was just trying to survive. His last his... line, I was happy, drifting through space, looking at the stars. Yeah. And then when, you know, you cut to that footage of them just with this star locked in, doing this almost like W. Bush era torture photos from like Iraq. That's like, I think that's just always going to hit audiences that are our age a little bit harder because Correct. like that was very real Yeah. Uh, and terrible. So it's like, even when I saw that, I was like, oh God, it really does just make you, makes you crawl. It makes your skin crawl, 100%. Because like, it is just an animal. And I'm always like, it's just an animal. Like yeah. I can't, I'm not going to be able to watch this lamb movie by A24. I'm just not going to be able to do it. Even it looks trailer, so good and weird, but I'm like, I when she's yeah. dragging it by the horn, I'm like, that's too much. We're like, hurting nope. the animal too much. I can't, <laughs> I won't do it. I just, yeah. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. I, I like, ah, so I was like, ah, no, like we're, <laughs> he's innocent. He's just a giant psychic starfish. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought that was all great. I thought it was interesting that they still killed him. Because there was for a while, like Thinker sets up this parallel of like, oh, you're doing that to rats. You know, I've got something similar with humans. Right. So I was almost waiting for Ratcatcher to have this like, hold on moment. I, I almost thought the team was going to stop, that she was going to like look around and see these similarities and be like, just go. It's funny. I, I, I did for a moment too. The only reason why I, I turned, because I think the audience would have been fine had they had he done that like the second he escaped. But once Starro in current time started hive minding a bunch of current people, then it's like, nope, this guy's got to die because now he's affecting people that I've actually seen and they're running around and I've seen live. So if it was stuff in the past with people that have already been hived, like, yeah, that was the government stuff. They kind of effed that up. It became an issue where like this person now has to die and the audience would not have been comfortable if he lived or was redeemed yeah. after that because those folks are dead like they've already said that once they hide they can't come back right they're big on that starfish yeah Ooh, it's so good and they peel it <laughs> off. oh man 
I haven't seen anything like there it. There are some horrific moments in this movie. It's like sitting there with his stomach. That's, open. I was like, oh, what is going man. on? <laughs> That's the yeah. stuff from like, oh, we haven't done this in a superhero movie. This yeah. is so great. And that's where I sat a good portion of this film. I was like, ah, I love all of this. I really wish that DC, I mean, that Marvel could get to do Punisher and Blade the way that it should be done. Because this is some of that R-rated stuff that I need to see it's over like, there. It's the one area where DC can just mop the floor. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, they, they like the two times they have Birds of Prey in here. I'm like, yeah, they're doing stuff that Marvel's never gonna do. Yeah, we're never gonna have a black mask type villain cutting off faces and this... making a woman get on the table and like strip oh. and like yeah, it's just uncomfortable. But like that's the stuff that like oh that gets underneath it. Yeah, even you... the way he acts is so crazy in that yeah. movie. Like these are my things. <laughs> like, exactly. Just, oh, we don't. We're never gonna get that in Marvel. No. We're just not. Uh, so I'm like, this. They should lean into this more. Like, lean into the comic booky stuff. Lean. I don't need to see Batman drive a Chrysler around and pretend it's a Batmobile and beat up innocent people. Like, yeah. just like make him fight Clayface and freeze. Let yeah, like give me the give me the crazy shit that Batman goes through. Like I've seen I've seen the Riddler. I've seen the Joker. What what what, what is Man Bat doing right now? Let me yeah. let me look at that. <laughs> yeah, let's really crack this open. We've done. Yeah. We keep doing the Joker. I get right. it. Uh, it's I we've like I, we as a society no longer need the Joker. Right. Really. Yeah. <laughs> we just we're, we are we're done. Right. Uh, but. Yeah, the Starro stuff was awesome. I also can't think of any other like kaiju movie where we don't have something on the hero side of equal size. Parallel, right. And so I was really impressed that they figured out how to like take this thing down. I, I'm sitting, I, I kid you not, I was sitting there and I was like, they don't have anything big enough. Like, how are they going to do this? Like, I'm, I'm curious now. I, mean, I was just, That's why I was enthralled. I, I, was like, I just want to see how they do this because this is I was like, what character is about to show up? <laughs> What yeah. what thing do they have that we haven't seen yet? Right. What? Yeah, and then it was just like rats. <laughs> so I thought that was all great, but I think that's the appeal of the R-rated villain movie. Are these things that we're not going to do in the Marvel? The body horror we talked about, mm -hmm. these weirder themes of like actually the villain is like. You know, we we talked a lot about on our Marvel pair up show, not a lot, but of like some of this like military propaganda that may or may not be in it. And I feel like this is a pretty big like fingers up to the to whole the complex. US, yes. <laughs> like, so it's like, yeah, we're, we don't really get for I love the Marvel movies, obviously. And I love it when we get yeah. complicated. We've, we've spent more time talking about that than we've talked about like your marriage. Um, and so clearly that's there but like these are the the tougher questions that i think dc can ask right that they really got to do more of like birds of prey kind of gets into it with just you know getting past bad exes getting past being a bad person these horrible types of people that exist in the world and here we have a whole movie that's like we kidnapped and tortured a creature in space and then the American government covered it up because they suck. And this version of Nick Fury is like ready to kill everybody just to cover that up uh, because yeah. that keeps the peace, I guess. Right. Uh, and that's it. Like, and it, it's, it's great. Cause you do kind of sit there and you're like, Starro wasn't, he was just kind of hanging out. He was just doing his thing. And then you guys brought him here and tested him and tweaked him and did all this stuff for your own propaganda. 
yeah, some of this you earned. <laughs> yeah, like you kind of get it. Like, uh, so that that's all great. I think that's why we go to things like this, right? The Boys, Deadpool, these harder R stories that are sort of challenging the norms that Marvel sets up that we wouldn't have without those movies. It wouldn't exist, yeah. Invincible even, wouldn't exist if we not had the Marvel, like that yeah. type of stuff, yeah. And even the Marvel shows get to push back at that a little bit. Like there were heavier themes of race and mm-hmm. self-love and grief grief yeah but crank at up even higher i mean could you imagine how powerful an r-rated john walker when he killed that guy would have been oh my goodness like we got some blood on the shield and that oh, we would have seen an entire like smashed oh my god that would have been um, insane yeah so it's and this was also i think a better way you have peacemakers kind of that way but we have now done the boys we have done john walker we've done a lot of evil supermen who represent the worst of the country and this movie doesn't have that it just is going here's the reality of it right which i was like that's this is what we're actually in we've done that a lot now and i was like this is such a a unique way of doing it by instead of having this character who's like uh he represents what america really is and not what it could be or what it thinks it is they just it's a storyline that's like here is a bad thing that it's done yeah and and all these characters are going to react to it rick flag's going to freak out about it peacemaker's going to do what he thinks is right and Bloodsport's going to take this weird road of like we want a city we can't win them all i liked that too because it's very it's how everybody else thinks but in a way that doesn't hurt anybody right like we kind of have this like well we can't win them all i have to kill rick flag to get this drive and you can tell that harley's not entirely on board with that she's like we probably should tell we like kind of should tell this but she understands it. and we saved a city we can't we can't win, we can't them, win all. them all i was like yeah. that's great that's yeah. also great just like now we're free we can go do whatever we want we're right. not gonna get away with everything yeah uh so that was all very good I think also when you get to that R rating, you do see these redemption arcs that both TV and R ratings allow. I think movie superhero movies, Marvel movies tend to just be like, look how good this person is. Yeah, like it's usually <laughs> they're too Batman's the only the outlier, but they're, they're usually too much of a godlike character or too much of a saint that we can't we can't throw dirt on them because it's going to slowly sort of sell you their name or sell you their product or sell you the way we can sell them. Uh, whereas this one is like. People are flawed. People are human. They're on both sides of this this coin, uh, and this is what you get. I, I I I've always related to characters like that more. I've never been that big a fan of Superman because he is usually the Boy Scout. I didn't until we got into the films. Wasn't that big a fan of Cap for that very same reason. I like the gray area stuff a little bit more. That's where I well, sit. I, in. I think people also relate to it because it's like, well, everybody's made mistakes. Right. I, we like you know. Even Matt Damon has made mistakes. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's great. Um, so you Did you see this, this in the theater or at home? I saw this twice in theaters. I okay. went to a press screening a few days before, which was a very unique experience for me because, uh, you know, everyone was sort of like, I have a lot of friends in the press, so I'm not trying to be rude, but there was not a lot of laughter and reacting. It's very straight laced. A little stuffy. A little yeah. stuffy. In there. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I like to watch the movie and be like, oh! <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I got to sit in the back. I can't I'm be in the back row, like, oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Then I saw it in IMAX okay. and I was surprised that there also weren't a lot of laughs and oh crap moments. And I was like, I guess I'm just the only one. It's just me. Uh, but I, I mean, I think this, you could probably get away with watching this at home. I think, I think seeing the Kaiju on the big screen is fun. Having that there sound is great. There are moments that I think really, like I saw it in Dolby. I didn't see it in IMAX. So I had the sound. Um, there are moments, like I think Harley's whole action sequence is pretty cool to see in the theater. Um, I do think the kaiju stuff, I mean, they shot this with an IMAX camera. So that was the point of a lot of this. Um, but there's a lot of dramatic or slow paced film pieces in here that I think you can get a, a good two hours of this film is perfectly fine watching at home and their extra 30 minutes that are not, you can still do that. Like, I, I don't think you need to see this film in the theater. I do think you'll enjoy it a little bit more, but I don't think you need to. But part of the reason why I think you need to see in the theater though, is because if the audience is full, this is almost like it's a quasi comedy. The laughter sort yeah. of bleeds. However, audiences aren't full. Yeah, apparently, right I had two audiences that were just not in the mood. <laughs> They're like, nope. It's like, man, come on. The press is going to get to it. Opening weekend, IMAX and Burbank is just sitting here like, quite. James mm. Gunn is not an A24 director. No. Have a good time. Like, this is at the Green Knight. <laughs> React. Yeah. Uh, my audience was pretty joyful, so I actually had a good time in yeah. my theater. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, all right, fine. No one wants to be excited today. Yeah. Everyone, well, you know, we're all just sitting there with masks, still freaked out. Still scared shitless. <laughs> uh, speaking of being there with masks, the movie has opened to 25 million. Uh, before, you know, we sing the siren song that the rest of Twitter seems to... The Delta variant is out there. Theaters still aren't at full capacity. We don't know what the HBO Max numbers are. I'm getting tired of this ping pong game every week. I love talking about box office numbers. I love being like, ooh, did audiences connect to this? Why or why yeah. not? But, you know, I, it's not even really, I think I've said this on the show before. It's not even really worth doing right now. It's unfair and, right now. It's just not like there's there's too many qualifiers and not enough like, and not enough data to sort of support anybody's theories well, of any of this that's the weird part is i'm like okay 25 million and everyone's like see and i'm like you're only really doing this because people like to take dc and marvel and make them fight yeah and sit, for some reason people also connect their joy to how and it does financially and on rotten tomatoes correct. as if it like justifies it as if you can't like something unless everyone's behind you yeah I, which been, I kind of get, I guess. I get it to an extent, but there's been a lot of people on this who are who have always been anti-DCEU. And they're like, I'm going to use this time as a, the time to shit on DC. Even the fans that are, there have been some DC fans because this is a film directed by a, a Marvel director. They're like, nope, I don't like that one. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You've got a good film here. And then you look at Rotten Tomatoes and it's scoring well, both critically and fan-wise. And you then you see these numbers and you're like, something is off. I, yeah, I don't understand it because I get that we now live in a Twitter social media world where if I go, I like something, five people are going to be like, boo. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we get into this weird competitive nature and it helps to have Rotten Tomatoes, audience and critics and a big box office. And it also means that you're probably going to get more of the thing that you like. Mm -hmm. That being said, it doesn't degrade your enjoyment of a movie, especially when there are 9,000 different factors, including a global pandemic at your box office. Yeah. And people, I bring up the Twitter fighting and the fandom in this because I feel like we're picking and choosing. 
you look at like last weekend with Jungle Cruise, 30 million, 30 million on Disney Plus, I think. 30 million yeah, in the theater. It's, it's around those 55, and no one was like, is this the end of Dwayne Johnson? The Rock is over. We just kept going. Like, okay. The weekend before that, it was like 12 million for old and 10 million for Snake Eyes. And no one was like, G.I. Joe is gone forever. And Ibn Shavalot has returned to glory. We all yeah. just went, sure. Okay. The weekend before that, I think was Black Widow or Space Jam. Right. Uh, Space, Space yeah. Jam, which was another kind of like, hey, it did it. We all moved on. Cool. And before that was Black Widow. And we were like, it's back, Look, baby. The theaters are open. Everyone. Nothing back. has broken 100 million. Nothing has made it anywhere close to anything else in its franchise. F9 didn't do it. Black Widow didn't do it. The Rock didn't do it. In Night Shyamalan didn't do it. G.I. Joe didn't do it. Of course, the R rated DC movie didn't do it. This right. is a franchise that also has had diminishing openings year release after release yeah. since Batman like, versus the, Superman. We laughed and we joked a little bit about the article difference of the being in front of the Suicide Squad, but there's a brand awareness of Suicide Squad that is not positive. Like that movie was trashed. And so typically the people who, after seeing one, they don't return for a, a, another go again. Like, oh, cool, you got it fixed this time because it looks more along the lines of what they had the first time. If they didn't like it the first time, they're not coming back. And all of those factors together, and mind you, still a fucking pandemic. <laughs> yes, these numbers make sense. Like, of course, nothing's going to open big. And, and I, yeah, this it, is going to continue for the rest of this year. It doesn't mean that it's bad. No. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get another Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. It doesn't mean that he's not. They're already making a Peacemaker show. Right. So the powers that be are pretty happy with what James Gunn is doing. Correct. Is it going to be connected to everything? We don't know. We have a lot more left in this canon. We've got Black Adam coming. We've got a That's ton it, yeah. of HBO Max The Batman is, is filmed and, and, Batman, and post credit. Batman, Flash yeah. is coming. Every Aquaman's being filmed now. Like, this isn't stopping, this DC train. Like, they're going to continue to do this. And this I, number doesn't mean anything because everybody, everyone is treating this year as like, we understand none of these numbers matter. Like, none, and, none of these matters. Yeah. Yeah. Most people get it, but there's always going to be someone who's like, well, it didn't do well so ha 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 yeah i guess it's like when birds of prey came out and didn't do great and everyone was like it means that they're not sexy and it's like that's the single stupidest thing that's I've the ever dumbest heard. thing i've ever yeah the reality is that it was a confusing title no one really knew what it was it was r-rated yeah. which unless you're deadpool like so many r-rated movies that do well so it's weird when something doesn't do well to be like it's r-rated but it also isn't weird when it's part of a franchise that hasn't been R-rated the entire been, time. Right. You've been PG up to this point, and then you bury the title of your most important character to the back end of 15 words. <laughs> and yeah, like some mainstream people don't love this. They've also burned off their Snyderverse fans. Yeah. Like Warner Brothers is now in a weird place where some of their diehards are like, y'all just keep taking these movies you, away from the directors. Right. I'm not showing up for you anymore. Correct. There are that's the, a that's a part of this too like the david ayer fans who are like we want the david ayer cutter or all that stuff they're like nah we saw what you did to zach we're not giving you money now that you got the guy that you think you like to, to do this no we're not yeah this. so you know but it's like they're not gonna stop no no like, and who knows it might have legs free guy might not do great like it, it's next week is next week like we'll see again but i just think it's silly right now it's interesting to talk about because we're seeing it fluctuate. Like it's going seeing, all over the place. Yeah. But like this, this thing ain't over yet. Like, no. And and who knows? And it seems like it's picking up. Uh, I, where, where, what I'm, what I am 
interested to see because these numbers are so low and this was supposed to be the sort of the the big tent pole of august before we kind of move into the fall stuff uh i am interested to see if any of these studios start moving dates again because this box office is low enough that if we have something like bond is the biggest one that i think and bond and dune costs a significant amount of money well yeah dune is how doomed. much dune is going to be a bomb like I, I they might as well they might as well already print those articles up now uh it's going to it's going to tank and that does not have anything to do with the quality of the film because i think it's going to be glorious i might be the only person in that theater <laughs> to, that to might see, be better <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, i don't know because looks like my dad's not going he's gonna keep doing it this way i mean i go because i'm i feel fine Yes, uh, I feel but good. But I also uh, am feeling less fine each week. Yeah, I'm getting to the point as as I see these California numbers start increasing. I'm like, maybe I should not be out here like this. Especially on these weekends where there's two that I want to see. Like next week is a free guy and a don't breathe two situation. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to. Can one of those be on a I, streaming service? That's I uh, know. I've already I've already looked up. But I was like, don't breathe. Are you going to be on? Because that's the one I really I want to see both. But I really want to see don't breathe too because I love don't breathe one. But I've been searching like, are you going to be anywhere online? And it's not. I'm just like, oh. I thought don't the free guy had a Disney Plus release, but I guess not. No, um, and that's that's where I'm at with some of these. I'm like, if you do both, I'll watch your stuff, and I and I will shout from the rooftops like, hey, everybody, you should watch this. You are getting, it is getting to that point with these only the, theatrical releases, sort of like only in theaters, where that's starting to become a threat more so than it is a good thing. Like, hey, you can only see this in theaters. You willing to whisk it? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, this whole narrative of, oh, it's, it's all over. I'm like, it's not, it's not over. DC has six films uh, on <laughs> in the pipeline, three of them done. So yeah. stop. <laughs> There's going to be a big asterisk on this entire year for yeah. box office money. It's going to result in more studio lawsuits, and we get we got to got to pay these actors. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe that, but I don't know. I thought this movie was great. I did I too. It was very I enjoyed fun. this. I hope that it keeps going. I hope everybody calms down about the box office. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the show. So leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you thought on YouTube subscribe away follow us on twitter at hollywood adi and on instagram at hollywood already did it i'm at as always blake and terrence is at terrence tatum and we might see you next week who knows i guess we will because marvel parap will start again with marvel but we will be in one yeah, yeah on one of the shows yeah great